truth. Jim Price, the Jim Price Show Daily Update. Thank you guys so much for being here. It is August 18th. It's a Wednesday, 2023. Guys, thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, feels like Wednesday on a Friday or third. I mean, I don't know, the last day of the month. There's a lot of stuff that's been going on the worldwide. Uh, the pedo in chief has showed up to Israel to give his remarks, but he has now been turned down by several, several other uh, countries in that area for summits that he was supposed to be a part of, just like Anthony Blinken was left sitting for eight hours for the crown prince to come and uh, engage with him. So this is, again, where we have a lot of this, oh, uh, it's it's the Game of Thrones, guys. It's it's the bloodlines. It's the things that we all fight and fuss about it within, between ourselves. We don't have to, but this is what they're doing. Uh, the whole idea that we've got these things going on, Sudan is involved now, the Sudanese are involved, we've got Hamas doing it. But then we also have the capital being overran by individuals who say that they are there to protest. Now, these capital insurrectionists, now, isn't that what we're supposed to call anybody who enters into the capital building and uh, in, uh, interrupts any type of capital goings-on? Isn't that insurrection? Isn't that what we've all learned in our history books here, or that we should all hesitate and not be willing to go out and protest for our the redress of our grievances with our public servants? This is the problem, is that we keep living life with, with hesitancy. We keep our pulling ourselves back, and so this is a problem for us. We have a credibility issue, and we continue to not do the right things and not step up the way we want to. But... That's how they do it, right? They get you guys to hesitate. They get you guys to say, uh, 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 and then you don't do anything. So that's where we're at. So I wanted to go over, I had some questions you guys actually uh, talked about when I'm going to do my mud flood stuff. Well, today's the day. So we're going to do mud flood. All right, so I'm going to break it down here. What I'll do is I took some pictures of things, and I want, let's do this. Let's go to... Let's do this simple. Let's do the simple ways, right? Oh, I'm just so it's so simple. That's the simplest thing I ever did in my whole life. I tell you what, it's just so awesome. It's so simple. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to the intranet here, and I want to pull up. Let's see. Uh, what do we call that? It's on TripAdvisor. Ooh-wee. That would be great if you could. Okay. Now, let me do this. I'm going to share a screen with this. I'm going to share the screen with you guys and see what's going on here. And what am I looking at? Why do I not see it? Why do you? So why do you do that to me? Okay, let's go this way. Oh, yeah, there it is. All of a sudden. Uh, hi. Okay, so this is the Parthenon. And so I'm going to go ahead and switch this over so you guys see this. This is the Parthenon. This is the Nat- This is the Tennessee. This is from okay NashvilleParthenon.com. This is a state park. Okay, the state park. So think of it and what, what I'm trying to say there. So you see that we go down uh, this week's hours, 9 to 4.30. Uh, Monday, uh, so that's Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Thursday, Saturday, 9 to 4.30, and Sunday, uh, 12 to 4.30. Wow, those are some weird hours. I guess 12.30 to 4.30 on Sunday, I guess that way they get their church in. Now, I don't know who attends church in this thing, but uh, there's some really weird stuff that goes on in this building, and I don't know. To me, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Here's a photo of it uh, across the water looking at it. And then this is just your, see, look, uh, they got stuff in here like, oh, look, see, it's no big deal. It's just a, just a Parthenon thingy. It's not a big deal. Just see that great big statue goddess of, uh, you know, Athena. That's fine. There's nothing odd about that at all. 
Uh, let's see here. And this is uh, the very bottom of it. So we're going to scroll back up. I want to show you guys the very top page. I want you guys to take a look at the size of this building and how this building looks. I mean, this is a big, big building. This is the part where I think people kind of forget how big this thing really is. And this is it right here. So um, now notice the, uh, oh, let's take that off. You can see more of the background. Now, it, this is looking to the west. It's kind of looking northwest. But if you notice that there's a way to go down below, that's the entrance. If you kind of see that the where's the stairs there on the, on the right-hand side, the face of this faces the east. Now, see that parking lot behind it or to the side of it there, to the north of it? See that nice little parking lot over there? Well, there's going to be something I'm going to point out to you here in a minute why that parking lot is so, uh, so peculiar because this whole thing is supposed to be a temporary structure. And if you notice how high this is, this the hills, because the camera is up higher than the building in this position right here, the hills behind it seem like they may be higher, but they're actually really in the same, almost the same elevation. In fact, this point on this area is probably one of the, the, the actual highest points in the Nashville area. So when you see the building itself, you see that face, that's facing east. You see the parking lot to the side of it. But you, you notice that underneath those stairs, there's this little, little ramp thing that goes down. Well, that little ramp thing is where you enter the building. Now, uh, this is where I'm going to go, and we'll do some. We'll do a little bit of a, We're just going to use their website here at first. Let's see what they have for disclosure here. And uh, let's see. Um, oh, let's do mission and history. Says here about the Parthenon mission. I didn't know there was a mission involved. Right? That's awesome. Let's go ahead and read this together here. Let's see how good I can do it out loud reading while live on air. About the Parthenon mission. Since the 1930s, you know, the 1930s, it's a 10-year span somewhere in there. The Parthenon has continued to host changing art exhibits in its gallery, and to educate both Nashvillians and visitors about the legacy of the ancient Greek Greeks and their impact on American civilization. The Nashville Parthenon is owned and operated by the Metropolitan Board of Parks, Recreation, and Department of Metropolitan Government of Nashville and Davison County. Okay. Uh, let's see. Our mission, to educate the public concerning the Parthenon and the civilizations which built it both in Athens and the 5th century BCE and in Nashville from 1897 to present. Exhibit, collect, and care for objects and information related to the 5th century BCE Athens, the Tennessee Centennial Exposition, and rebuilding of the Nashville Parthenon. Uh, exhibit, collect, and care for visual arts and educating the public concerning their various forms. Now, so here's a good picture of this. But you guys can take a look at that. That's across. That's kind of that, again, that's that forward look that we're seeing the east side of the building. Uh, continuing on, Parthenon Nashville's world's only exact size detailed replica of the original uh, temple in Athens, Greece. When Tennessee celebrated its 100th year of statehood with Tennessee Centennial Exposition, Nashville took advantage of its nickname, Athens of the South, and built the Fine Arts Building as a copy of the most famous building. Now, um, the roof extends. Uh, the roof uh, expanded walls. Load-bearing columns were made of reinforced concrete. Uh, the novel new building materials of the 21st century, the, the brick walls and non-bearing columns, uh, 1887 building were retained and incorporated in the new construction for permanent surfaces treatment, heart selection, a cast, cast concrete aggregate uh, using formulated, uh, formula developed by John Early of Washington, D.C. The materials were used for all exterior surfaces as well as the roof tiles, decorative work, and sculptures. So they're saying this heart, this the... the for permanent surface treatment, Hart selected. So Hart was, this was this the architect, or who was this person that we're saying, who is Hart? What does it say? Oh, Russell Hart. Okay, so the decision to rebuild involved local architect Russell Hart and as consultant uh, architectural historian William Dinsmore. 
So let's see. Parthenon was built for the uh, for the centennial, which see what was okay. Here I want to get to some of these dates because these dates don't work out. So working on the exterior of the building was completed in 1925. Okay, uh, the permanent structure, however, was to be compl- uh, to be a comp- um, complete replica and as an ac- as accurate as scholars would allow. Uh, recreating the ch- the uh, chamber of the horizontal lines, the inclination of the columns, walls, and emphasis of the columns, or oh, antithesis antithesis of the columns, due to various financial crises, work continued to halt uh, halting until it com- was completed in 1931. Now, here's my problem: they're saying it was completed in 1925, but then they were saying there was other parts that didn't get done until 1931. Donation for the Athenian uh, Athens uh, accumulated over the years. In 1982, the Park Board commissioned Nashville sculpture, uh, Laquita or whatever. He created the 42-foot statue on the interior. So the, the interior stood empty until 1982. Doesn't make any sense. Okay. Uh, let's see. Then it was unveiled in May of 20, 1990. So it took them eight years to build the 42-foot statue inside. I guess that's what we're going to say. Now, I went through all that kind of chopping around, jumping around. So um, this, when I went to, uh, <laughs> so Lindsay, good to see you. Thank you, Denise, for being here. When I went to the Parthenon and I went around looking at this stuff, none of these things, these timelines work out. But let me know, let me let you see something here for a second. This is this is on the same says you know history of Nashville Parthenon, 1895. Tennessee Centennial organizers lay the fa- first foundation stones of the Nashville Parthenon. The Parthenon, made of plaster, wood, and brick, is the very first is the first building to be constructed for the Tennessee Centennial Exposition. So in 1895, okay, guys, do you guys know anything that happened right before that that they said that we were going through? Did anybody anybody remember what we were doing in that uh, during the 60s, 1860s? We were fighting the Civil War, weren't we? Weren't we fighting a, a whole Civil War thing where we were a little bit broke at the end there? So that's why General Grant, Grant sold us out in 1871. So in 1871, we had we were trying to get ourselves back together. But what I don't understand is I've got evidence here that says this that 1895 they started to lay the first brick. In 1897, um, they held the Centennial Exposition. So somewhere in 95 they started building. They and so they didn't even tell you when they started building. This is how this is how monumental this is. This is so monumental. Let me transition this over to you so you can see it here. Um, this is their version of what we're seeing here. They say that we had the exposition. Let me get the calendar dates over here on the side there. So on the left-hand side there, it says 1895. 1897, they went ahead and opened it. And they opened the exposition for May 1st to, to October 30th of 97, like a World's Fair. All the exhibition buildings are temporary and made of inexpensive and material. Over the, the six-month duration, approximately 1.8 million people attended the centennial. Now, I want you guys to hear what I just said. 1.8 million people attended this. I think Tennessee has a state fair every year. Let's look up what how they get how many people they get to a state fair. Uh, let's see. Tennessee Tennessee state fair attendance. Attendance. There we go. All right. Let's see here. Uh, 2023, Wilson County, Tennessee Fair Attendance and Winners. Oh! Um, say it was... Let's see here. They had this year at the Tennessee Wilson County State Fair, Tennessee State Fair, um, they had just under 800,000 people attend. Okay, okay, now that's exhibitors that go in there with their families. They have all these passes and all this stuff. All the people that came to the Tennessee State Fair, just under 800,000 people showed up, okay? Now, granted, this other one here, this other amazing fair that we had, um, 1.8 million people showed up in six months. So that should be fine, right? 
Uh, so yeah, Luis, uh, Lindsay says, uh, 2 million people. Hmm. Well, that was uh, before video games, so it makes sense. <laughs> right. But think about this. They're saying 1.8 million people showed up to this over a six-month period of time. Now, if this was a temporary building, wouldn't that temporary building be taking a lot of abuse? But then why? And, and so look at this picture here to the right-hand side, guys. Look at this little picture right here on the right-hand side. What is that? What? What? That's. Uh, let's just do a little bit of a huh. So I've got the the dates there. Here's the whole picture on the right hand side. Look at that little entry there. This little entry. It's like I got little ticket booths, and then they got this whole entry here. Now remember, this was just so you could kind of see some things, get in and get out. Why would you need to put up that kind of an entry? I mean, Disneyland doesn't put that kind of stuff up unless they have to. I mean, people don't build amusement parks and put extra stuff in there that doesn't make them money. It has to make money. Why were they doing this? So, took them two years to put all this up. Uh, in 1898, the majority of the centennial buildings were removed or were moved or destroyed. The Parthenon remained the centerpiece of an empty fairground. So, in 1991, okay, so, okay, or 1901. So, 1898. So, in 1995, 1895. They started building this. Three years later, they're tearing it all down. And the only thing that's standing there is the Parthenon. Now, when I start showing you guys the layout of this park and these buildings and some of the other stuff that we're going to see, you're going to be like, what are you talking about? There's no way that they put this up and then tore it all down within three years. Put it up, did 1.8 million people, and then tore it down. Guys, these buildings had to have been there. They had to have been there. There's, there's no. This doesn't make sense to say, oh, well, they just kind of popped up here and there. Um, well, you know, we were doing this to, to, to show you stuff. Well, I'm not trying to be a, too much of a, a, a horse's ass here, but what'd you show me? What were you showing me that 1.8 million people came and hung out? And look at the people in their dress. Look at how they're dressed in this photo. Let me do a quick little zoom in here for you so you guys can really take a look at what these people are wearing and then look at the sky behind it. Does that sky look normal to you? Does that look like it's a painted sky or does that look like a real sky? But why is there this whole one, two, three, four, five, six, seven columns across? Then there's columns behind it. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's, so there's two rows of columns. It looks to be about 30 or 40 foot deep. Why are they to have these little bitty huts out front collecting tickets or paying for you, you had to pay to get there? That seemed to be a heck of a moneymaker. If you had 1.8 million people visiting your amusement park, wouldn't you be making money? I mean, that'd be kind of a, a big deal, wouldn't you think? I mean, I'm just asking for a friend. What do I know? But as a business practice, I mean, you got 1.8 million people showing up. You're doing pretty good. So this is what we've got here. So this is a, this is the keep continuing. So the National Board of Parks is created in 1901. Well, I don't care about that. Uh, 1902, Centennial Park is established of out, let's see, established out of much of the Tennessee Centennial grounds. Centennial Park is established out of. So, oh, so they kept the Centennial Park, and they took that out of the Tennessee Centennial grounds. The Parthenon stands at the center of the new municipal park. In 1902. Okay, so 1915. The temporary nature of the plaster Centennial Parthenon is obvious. The um, the pediment structures are removed for safety reasons. Okay, 1920. The city of Nashville decides to make the Parthenon a permanent aggregate concrete structure. Uh, local architect Russell Hart is hired for the reconstruction 1925, the exterior of the newly constructed Parthenon is completed. So it took them five years to, to coat the concrete on the outside. All right, so in 1927 and 1929, James Cowan donates 63 paintings, paintings to the city of Nashville with the understanding that they will be hung in the newly renovated Parthenon. Um, Again, see, we're seeing all these things. Uh, this is really doesn't make a lot of sense what all this, this timeline isn't getting me there. All right, so let's go on now. See the Parthenon sitting up there on the hill? See how it's up more on a knoll? See the notice, the, the, the skies behind it? Remember that first picture we showed you? See that first picture? See that first picture had looked like, like hills up there because it was looking down on the Parthenon, and so it looked like it had a train behind it. 
But if you see this one here, there's no terrain. That means that this thing is really high up on the hill. Okay, so moving on here. Um, we'll scroll on down here. You can see uh, that we have this great hall of Athena here on the left where Athena is 42 foot tall. She sits up on a big pedestal, marble floors, st these stone columns with quote-unquote concrete aggregate on them. And uh, let's see, 2002, the Athena statue is placed back in scaffolding as the gilding process begins. So uh, there was a gold gilding process that they put money into. Sounds completely normal. Uh, let's see, the Parthenon in Athens has carved out of, was carved out of uh, pentelic marble. Let's see. Uh, it took the city of Nashville nearly 10 years to build their Parthenon. Wait, what is this? The National Parthenon was created from brick, stone, and structural reinforced concrete and cast concrete aggregate. It took the city of Nashville nearly 10 years to build their their Parthenon from 2000, I'm sorry, 1921 to 1931. 1921 to 31. I thought we were going through a depression at that time. When was the Great Depression? Um, these are thing again, these are stuff we uh and then she goes, and they need umbrellas for the sun. <laughs> That's what Lindsay says, yeah. So, um, I asked when the Great Depression is, and it says 2023. Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, 1929 to 1929 to 1939. So, um, at the 29 to 39. So, right in the middle of all this. We had the Great Depression. So the Great Depression was 29 to 39. And so in the middle of this, the city the, the, it took the city of Nashville nearly 10 years to build their Parthenon. So from 21 to 31. So that means for at least three years of the Great Depression, they were working on this building. That's fine. I mean, you know, why not? Why not lie to us, folks? So this is your Parthenon. This is only, guys, I'm just covering just their website. This doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I want to continue on with my photos of things so you can see. Um, let's see here. Where are we at? Uh, let's go to my photos, and we will look up what we've done here. So this is, I, I showed you guys some of the photos that we had from when I went, I attended there back in a couple weeks ago with Courtney and Lynn Houston, I don't think they'll mind me showing their picture again because I've already showed it once. And they were actually on that. They were actually on. Uh, they were actually following me that day or watching live that day. So, okay. So here is, here's the front of it in modern day. This is what the modern day looks like. And uh, just to give you a quick glimpse of it. Now, let's go on to what I wanted to take photos of. Uh, here's the, here's my photo of Athena. I showed you this guy's last time as well. That's my photo of her. Very creepy, very icky, icky feeling. I don't. I know that's not a scientific term, icky, icky feeling, but it is mine. And then, so this is one thing I didn't quite understand why. Um, uh, why did we do? Why does it do this? I hate that it leaves that tag on there. All right. So this is something I saw that really bothered me. This is, if you get in here and you start looking at this a little bit closer, see this keyway up here at the top here? I know this isn't, I'm, you got to wait till I get it kind of squeezed in here. There's a keyway at the top of where I'm looking at. See, there's an arrow. See that little circle on the top there with like the rays that point down to the bottom? And see just there on the, above that circle, those little rectangles on the left and right side, kind of like ears. But then you go down, you look at this where this bottom park down here. This is not a ballpark. This is not anything that necessary. This is just a big green belt area. So the big part of that is it kind of looks like to me like some Egyptian type, you know, uh, writing or Egyptian type stuff. But here's the other part of that picture. All the way down. Now, this is, uh, this is the state capitol, that little, tur the little turquoise roof there. That's a copper-lined roof 
that is the state capitol. And this little sun raw god symbol aims at the Nashville capitol or this Tennessee capitol. So again, when I'm looking at this thing, I'm, I'm going, there's a lot of questions I have. I don't have a lot of answers. There are timelines of what they're telling me, but then it goes on. I want you guys to look at what's going to get worse here is the layout and different things of the World's Fair. When we, take, when we talk about the World's Fair stuff, this is the mud flood bridge that I came across. This right here. So don't mind the homeless person's clothes on the ground there. That's, that's just what we do. Uh, this bridge, you can see, is, is, is there. But you see the mud that's all the way up in there? You see how the mud is? We're, we're talking within two feet that bridge is sitting in there. So, But then you see this little stone wall on the right-hand side where you see the water sitting. Well, this is the big park pond out there. That one you can see in the other photos of the... When you can see the other photos of the Parthenon there, you see that water out front. This pond goes all the way across the front. It goes all the way around the parking lot, but then then it's walled off right before this bridge. Well, and then underneath that bridge, it goes over, and there's a lovely little park they have there, but the stone wall continues along the side of it. And the reason that's important is like, okay, well, if you're going to go through all the effort of, you know, showing or doing all that work, then why is it that you didn't just complete the work? Why didn't you go the whole way? Because that bridge obviously supports itself. Why wouldn't you just go ahead and let it be a bridge? So let me show you something. This is going to be the map of Centennial Park, of the Centennial Park. Now, everybody's put their finger right there in the Parthenon in the very middle. That's the Parthenon, that little rub mark. But what I want to show you is I'm going to zoom into certain parts where the bridge that we were just looking at is located. Now, I'm going to go ahead and stretch this out a little bit further here. And I'm going to show you where that park and that bridge is. So, here you go. You see the Parthenon at the bottom of your screen there? See that little rub mark? Just go straight straight to the top of your screen, underneath the eye in price. See that little walkway? See that little box that's that, that you can see? That's the bridge that we just were looking at. See on the left side, it says Lily, Lily Pond, Lily Lake, L-I-L-Y Lake, Lily Lake. That's that bridge. That's the bridge that we were just talking about. So when you saw that dirt, you saw the, the, the curvature of the bridge, you saw the dirt was all up there, and you saw that stone wall that was holding the water back over here, right? And then all that dirt was going out there. That, according to the World's Fair, that was all open. It was the Lily Lake, right? Here's my problem. The reason I referred back to how the Parthenon was up on a hill, how it was higher than most everything around it, where did all that dirt come from? Where did all that dirt come from? Where did all that come from? Seriously. That's a thing where we have to, um, this is where we have to start asking real questions like, okay, so if the Parthenon is up on this mound, you could see the different pictures where you could see that the, the sides of it came down and you had that parking lot there and then there's this little bridge, but then all this is all mud flooded in. Where did that mud come from? I mean, just, just, just think about that. So let's go back to the picture where you can see the Parthenon at the bottom where they rubbed on it with their finger. And you see the outlying of the lake, right? And you see the little lily pond. Right underneath the P under the Jim Price Show Daily Update, right underneath the P, you says Lily Lake right there. Right there. You see it? But let me point out to you where the parking lot is just to the right of the Parthenon. See this little square right here? And there's another square behind it? Well, those buildings are gone. Well, remember, they told you they tore it all down. But let me point out something to you here, and this is where things are going to get a little bit, this is going to hurt your brain a little bit. I want you to think about what we just said. They said they tore the buildings all down around it in the uh, right after the World's Fair, like right after it. We're in the 1890s. So we got to get rid of these buildings because they're just made of plaster and whatever, right? We just made them out of junk. So let me point out something to you here. What I'm doing is I'm sizing it up for the fame. Okay, here is the Parthenon. Here is the Parthenon in the center of the screen. What is that to the right of it? And what is that in the front of it? Well, the front of it has got a water fountain. It's got a water fountain. 
the front of the pitcher has a water fountain in it. That means it has a mechanical electric pump. There's an electric, some kind of a mechanical pump pushing the water up into the air, flowing in 18, the early 1890s. Now, I thought we were still working on electricity back then. I mean, weren't we just getting around to the whole telegraph thing? Am I off? Am I forgetting something here? Were we not working in telegraph? Were we still? Were we even doing telegraph then? But anyway, let me go back to the picture. Okay, Parthenon is dead center. What's to the right of it there? A pyramid. A pyramid. Why is there a pyramid, a fully constructed pyramid, sitting right next to it? I mean, that's a fully formed, fully built out pyramid. And let's do, a, let's do a little zoom in, okay? Let's get right up on that old pyramid. Let's get a whole big old mouthful screen of the pyramid. Boom. Do you notice the pyramid? It has these walls on the outside with columns and big flagpoles on top of it. Do you see the flagpoles? Do you see the pole out front? Do you see the little gazebo? Do you see the water? Do you see the water fountain here in the foreground? Do you see the Parthenon on the back? What part of this stuff looks like it's a temporary structure? I, I mean, seriously, is this a, this is the temporary structure that we're, we're referring to, right? These are temporary. This is it's just something we're going to put up for a minute. Uh, good to, good day to see you. Uh, good day to you as well, Carrie. Good, this is good day, my Jim. Uh, good to see you. And she says, "Hey, Soul Tribe." So she's talking to everybody out there. Um, the whole thing where I'm really concerned about this is that this was temporary, right? Huh? But this stone building with stone columns and flagpoles mounted atop of it. Guys, let me explain something to you. When you take a flagpole, and I don't have anything to, um, give you a reference here. So, what do I do? What do I use? Okay. We'll use a bug sprayer. So, if I'm going to put a flagpole on some concrete here, I know this sounds really ridiculous, but I'm, I've got this flagpole here, and I'm going to put it up on top of a building. See up there on top of that? What am I attaching the flagpole to? What is this attached to right here? What is this? See what I'm talking about? And anyway, that's a cool old sprayer. It just uh, reminds me of the good old days. Anyway, but think about this. I'm going to put a flagpole, stick it on top of some rock up here. But remember, it's just brick and some plaster and some concrete. We're not, this is not, this is only for a demonstration. We don't mean to really build this. But this pyramid, do you notice the size of that pyramid? Does that look like something they just threw up as a, as a demonstration, as you know, the butter cow at the state fair, you know, I mean, this is a this is a butter butter cow moment for all of us, right? We're all seeing the butter cow that we're all gonna temporarily put this butter cow up. But now look, you've got bushes and trees here around it. You've got people walking around, and you see the buildings off to the left over there. Now, this guys. All these buildings you're seeing in there, these are photographs in the building that was a temporary building but has sub-basements in it. There's sub-floors in this. So why is there basements in a building that's going to be temporary? If I'm going to go out there and scratch some grass off and throw a building down for real quick, like a, throw up a tent or something to that effect, why would I put a basement in? Why would I bother putting infrastructure in? Why would I put toilets into it? Why? I mean, I, have we not figured this out yet so yeah it doesn't get better from here guys that's this is kind of the easy stuff that i could almost exp maybe i don't can i explain it well here's another one of these buildings uh this is another building right here that we decided just to tear down and you notice there's one two three four five six seven eight columns across the front you got window shades you've got wall treatments you got a, like a little parthenon looking building on top of the building 
and then you got handrails across the top and you got flagpoles and all that. And it was all temporary. Again, this is what we're being told is factual about our history. Now let's go back to the picture again. This is real. It was temporary. This building was just just a just a demonstration. It was a it was a set. This building wasn't real. We tore it down. Believe what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, doesn't make any sense, right? So we'll continue on here. So we'll go back to this. This is something that is again doesn't make a lot of sense why it's there, but it is for the woman and man that was a set the founder of Nashville. I don't know who the people there in the picture. I was just walking up to it, but this is the this is an obelisk that is narrowed at the top and fatter at the bottom. It does have the chip points where they actually ch- took it out on the side, but you see that one little hole in the middle? You see that one little hole? There's one hole in that whole thing. And I'm going to zoom in on it here for you a little bit so you can see it just a little bit better. See that hole in the middle right there? Besides the little pin marks or pin drill marks on the side there where they quarried this out, but see that one little hole? That's the only descriptor or anything that seems to be on that obelisk that is on there. That's it. Only thing that's there. So then let me take you, let me take you this little bitty uh, piece down here at the bottom. So then you have the little, you have the little pedestal at the bottom. On this side over here, you can see where the guy in the blue shirt, again, I don't know who they were. Um, it says, thank you to the founder of Nashville. Well, that's nice. Thank you, Mr. Nashville founder-er. Hmm. Appreciate you doing that. But then on the other side of it is his wife who had the, f- they put on the plaque, they put this woman's name for having the first male child in Nashville. Something doesn't add up here. Something's not making a lot of sense to me. So, again, this is where I have to go in and say, uh, what are you talking about? Um, so, yeah, this is what this is what we're up against. So, just understand that there may be or may not be more to this than what we're, we're talking about. But I am telling you right now, guys, the mud flood part, remember that pond where that, that bridge was all full of dirt right there? Why was that left? Why did you dig out and have all this other pond and then you got over this part like, eh, just put a little wall across there. We don't want to dig out that last bit. Well, where is that going? Why is there water coming into the lily lake right there on the one side and it flows underneath that bridge and it goes out and then it flows out to a river that is no longer there, river or creek that's just south of there that has been paved over. There's no more creek at that end of the park anymore. Okay. So that's that's these are just, just pointing some things out. Um, so then let's go. So they, remember, this is the obelisk. No particular reason. Founder of Nashville, first baby and male baby in Nashville. Thank you very much. I don't understand why that's a thing, but that's what they did. And so, um, so then we go to why my phone decided to go through my computer just then. Who knows? Let's go on down to this one here. Now, this one, I took this out of my truck window, which is not exactly the best cinematography or, you know, taking the best pictures like I should, but this one was taken from my truck window. I stopped uh, to take a picture of this. This is the Nashville Electric Service, okay? And what I want you to see is, look at this building. Now, I'm going to go back to the mud flood pictures here in a second. I'm going back more of that stuff. But look at that stone cap on top of there. Why would the Nashville Electric Company need a stone building like that? looks very Tartarian to me. It looks like the same type of architecture that we're finding in all these other parts across the world. Why is this building made of that? Why does that building have a stone capped or stone dome on it? What were you? What's going on that you would do that as an electric company? Why would that be part? If I'm an electric company, I'm putting up a building. Do, why am I going to put a stone dome on there? What what purpose does that serve? I mean, guys, we're going around putting up Taco Bell and McDonald's and and Lowe's and Home Depot, and they're just square boxes. They're just a square box with a little front on it. Square box, a little front on it. Square box, a little front on it. But these people were putting in a stone dome just to be the electric company. That's what that. That's how cool they were back then. I guess they were so much cooler than we were. Now, 
here's another building. Now, here's another photograph of the Parthenon. And I want you guys to take a look at this. And this is going to be looking, this is going to be looking from the actual other side of this. Let me make sure I get this right, where we're sitting at here. This is the Parthenon. And you know what I just noticed about the Parthenon, this photo? Besides the fact that this is a really long-range photo, you can see way, way out into the distance of Nashville. Try to get everything in there for you. Okay, look at this photo. This is the Parthenon again. Now, what I'm, I'm having a bit of a problem with is, where did the lake go? Where did the lake go? Where is the lake? Why does that little statue on the other end of the Parthenon look like it's not even there? Or if it's there, it's kind of like almost photoshopped in. But all these buildings around this Parthenon here in the Nashville. Now, this is supposedly, to me, this looks like the west side of the building. I haven't even got to the good part yet, guys, where we've got some brass doors that don't make a lot of sense either. But this whole Parthenon here, this whole Parthenon, this whole thing, where's the pond on? So you see that little statue there to the left of it, not in the front? Where's the, par, where's the pond at? And what are all these buildings? Because all these buildings are gone now. So they got all this stuff going up to it. But remember, there's supposed to be that lake out front. What happened to the lake? That doesn't make a lot of sense. And I mean, I'm looking at the original picture here, and I don't see the lake anywhere. It's really kind of creepy, isn't it? So let me go back. Let me show you why that doesn't make a lot of sense compared to this built this this photo here. Okay. See the buildings out there to the left, out in front of it. You see the statue, but then where's that pond at? Where's this pond? Okay, hold on a second. Where's that pond in this photo here? Where's the pond? Where's that pond out front? Do you guys see it? I don't see a pond out. I don't see the shiny water shimmering on the pond. Do you? Do you see what I'm saying? There's things that don't add up here. And why is that picture different? And then why do we have this layout? Let's go back to the original layout of the Tennessee Centennial, you know, international exhibition. By the way, it's an international exhibition. Exposition. So... There's an agriculture building, there's a Negro building, there's a mechanical building, transportation building, commerce building, Parthenon, auditorium, uh, U.S. government. Uh, why is he, there's a U.S. government building? Why? Uh, why is there, why is there the, uh, the Cuban village? I didn't know we had Cuban villages back then. But this is, again, where there's all these things where it doesn't make a lot of sense about what we're doing here. I've got all these questions. These photos don't add up. Where's the water that's out supposed to be out in front of the Parthenon? Where's the From one photo to the other, where'd the water go? Why is it that we see that pyramid as a permanent structure, all those white buildings, all these huge pilasters, all these huge columns out in front of all this stuff? You're telling me they just built all that stuff for the heck of it? They just built all that for the heck of it. That's what you did. You decided you're going to go out there. I'm going to build all these, this whole big old thing. I'm going to build all this crap that's in this photo. All this crap that's in the photo, I'm going to build it. Look at this. some of the stuff that they're talking about is in here. Like, guys, I want to zoom in so you guys can see this. Let's look at the transportation part here. This is the, going to be the center. That's that building on the angle, that train track coming out of the top of there. So the train track goes out, and then it leaves on the train tracks to the – on the, on the top of the picture there. Now, you're telling me that the, uh, the transportation building, they just built that as a temporary thing. You know, they got the commerce building. They even got a casino. This is what one of the craziest things you've ever seen. See that little trident-looking thing, the little, little almost like a W kind of upside down there? See that little thing right there, just, just uh, right there by the transportation building? Let me see if I can go ahead and zoom this in for you. And uh, this is, um, 
So there's the very center of it. Right in the very center. That's the casino. Right there by the Lily Lake, there's a casino. Then there's the Blue Grotto. This little this little lake or the little uh, island outside of the pond there. The Blue Grotto. And right in front of that, or right in front of the Blue Grotto, or right in front of the, uh, is the casino. That's a casino right there. But then also this little the little rectangle at the bottom of your picture in the very middle says the says Shelby County. That's the pyramid. Shelby County. How about education and hygiene's right there to the left of it? Where are those buildings? That's where the parking lot is now. But then again, it doesn't make sense, right? How about to the far right of the photo it says Soldiers Mess Hall. Cafe Military, Militaria, Military, Military, I don't think it's Military because it's actually M-I-L-I-T-A-I-R-I or I-E. But again, this is stuff that we're, guys, when you look at this stuff, they got all, they built a casino? Why did they build a casino? Why did they build a hygiene building? Why do they have a U.S. government building that looks like the Capitol building? Why? Because they went in and took over buildings that they had no idea what they were, and they had to go in there, let us see them, but I think they had to tear them down because there were too many answers in there. And I'm not sure if it was Lindsay or if it was, uh, well, I don't know if it was Carrie, uh, Lindsay, or Denise, one of you guys, that were talking about, I do, I, one of the things I want to bring in the middle of this whole conversation is, you know that we're the only thing on earth that communicates through voice, like through language, and the, the genetic coding in our DNA for that, we're the only things on earth that does that. So are we actually falling out of our own resonance? Are we actually following out of our own power when we use our voice instead of being able to use our thoughts or our minds to communicate are we lowering our frequency by using our voice or because we they gave us this part here we don't use the other part so we don't develop our real connection see i know that some people say well i can you know i know what you're thinking okay well that's a good that's that's good bad or maybe not i don't know but imagine the fact that if we could actually communicate without happening to communicate with verbal at all we could just talk to anybody on earth when we want to. Here's another little example of what doesn't make a lot of sense. It says Capitol Avenue. It says New York. It says Knoxville. It says Tennessee. It says press. So there was a press building. There was a New York building. I mean, why, why do we need these different types of these things? There's a band circle there. See the water out in front of that? See how that looks? That doesn't make as much sense when you start talking about these things. But what if we the idea that they had to tear all this down to get rid of it so that we didn't see that there was all this development that was already existent in America that already had all these things going for it and they were not that we had no we had no one that we didn't have anybody building it. We didn't have a way to show that it was being built. By the way, all these photographs that we have of these different things there's not one photograph that we, we have photographs of the fair. We have photographs during the fair. We have photographs of people, you know, supposedly at the fair, at the expo- exhibition. See, this is the big fairground right here. But we don't have any photographs of them building it. Why is that? Why is it we got photographs of all this other stuff? Okay? We got a lot of photographs, but we don't have a photograph of the actual building process here's again guys look this is the west side of the parthenon you see the west face of it out in front you see that walkway out there but again are you seeing the big lake that they showed on the other side are you seeing those things and then what about electricity what about the electricity what what is the electricity supposedly in this whole thing um, there's so much more to us than I think we realize, and we're just missing it because I think they got us they got us to lower our vibration, they got us to lose our connection, they got us to think of things differently. And I don't think that we actually are able to 
I don't think we have the capacity. I think they got us to do this lower residence. I think they got us to, to think in slavery terms. I think they've been messing with us. They've been covering up history. That's why we had World War One. That's how we had World War Two. That's why we've gone into the different parts of the Middle East to destroy all the artifacts so we cannot connect back to who we are. And wouldn't that go along with the Bible story that says that we... Um, that we know that we can be taken away from our resonance or our communication with our creator. Isn't that what Satan or Lucifer or the demons or whatever you want to call it, the evil, isn't that what they were trying to do is to separate us from our power? I mean, you go back through what the Greek stories are, and people call them Greek mythology because they think they're trying to tear down the reality of what those stories really were. I think the Sumerian tablets, I think there's some other things that have to do with the Dead Sea Scrolls. I think that the fact that they have taken out 77 Bibles or 77 books out of the Bible, 22 in the last 300 years, I think, or is it 300 or 400 years? I think there's so much more to this than we realize. And I think that what we did was we believe that the timeline is these things, right? This is how the time, like one, two, three, four, five, uh, this is how it works, right? But I think the the problem is it's somewhere like this, and then we're. I mean, I think we gotta I think we gotta flip some things around, and we gotta jumble it up. I think we've got our timelines wrong, and our timelines being wrong will keep us from being closer to the truth, right? Closer to understanding. So when we think of how this all comes together, I want you guys to just slow down and go. World's Fair, okay. The World's Fair was in the '80s. Uh, Carrie says uh, entanglement. Yeah. Yeah, it's like trying to take a, it's like a woman's brain. You're trying to take a one noodle out of the dry pan of spaghetti. You know, you have that pot of spaghetti and it all dries, but you're going to try to pull one of them out of there and you can't because it's just all interconnected. Um, but what if we did that? We, we, we're just screwing up the timelines so we never really truly understand because if we start to pull at one thread, just like a, like a sweater, right? We can undo the whole thing. What if we could do that? What if we start to actually figure this out and all of a sudden this whole thing just falls apart? For me right now, the sad part of it is I am not getting good explanations. And hey, guys, I, I was a youth pastor in the 90s. I, you know, I, I, I went down that path. I was a, a Baptist. Uh, you know, still consider myself to be a Christian. But my problem is, is that I, I'm having to ask these questions because no one can get me good answers. Um, I think of the Gulf of Mexico as being an impact point for a water asteroid, a water comet, an ice comet uh, that added too much water. I created the mud flood, created that twenty to you know ten to twenty to thirty foot rise in the sea level, but at the same time it created a tsunami that washed around the world. And a lot of these big stone, um, big stone buildings, these great big strong pillared column buildings that were higher in some areas where the mud flood did come in and fill certain things in. Uh, I do believe that we have something else, some more explaining to do. Because if there was this impact from an ice comet that came in, collided with the Gulf of Mexico, another piece of it hit over uh, right where you have the crater, the meteor impact in Arizona, and you can then see why we would have a sudden freezing or a a cooking of the stone or a hot flash or a steam flash caramelizing the trees, petrifying them in place. If you heat, they do a sudden heat steam impact with those trees, it would caramelize them. They would lay over and still stay in their rock formation. But then we'd have a tsunami that would go globally and it would kill off certain civilizations and they would run certain you know, people out of certain places. But those that were in underground caverns that were in higher places, then they would come back out later to populate the earth back. And that's why we see that this area of the world was really truly undeveloped for a long, long time because it took civilization that long to work itself back around. But I wonder, in a lot of ways, guys, if the, we're being hidden for the, the truth has been hidden from us, that we weren't a global society already with amazing Greek architecture or Tartarian architecture that was global, and what we call America today was actually the center of all those things. What if all those things were the center of the universe? Those were our moment in the universe that those are that we were the, the Americas was the center of this global society that could think and communicate with itself 
and, and didn't have to have communication because we understood the resonance or the energy in the earth, and we were able to power all these things, including these buildings that had these amazing light features to them. Water fountains. How was the water fountain operated? How did the water operate? How did the water get under pressure? How was it trumpeted into the air? Why were these things able to be done that way? I thought we were just getting out of the Civil War. I mean, if we were just out, if we were just getting out of the Civil War, weren't we running around with horseback and you know canvas tents and and no technology and musket rifles? If we were doing musket rifles, then why is it? I mean. But yet we could do these buildings, but we had musket rifles. But then they said a lot of the buildings were moved from that area to other areas in Tennessee. But what about the state, the, the World's Fair in uh, Nashville, Omaha, Chicago, Buffalo, New York, uh, St. Louis? What about all these World's Fairs? What about the, what, why were those World's Fairs in those locations? What was going on in Buffalo, New York? I agree that Niagara was there and Tesla was doing a lot of work in those areas, but why would there be a World's Fair there? Why would there be a World's Fair right across basically the lake over in Chicago? Why would there be a World's Fair in Omaha, Nebraska? Have you been to Omaha, Nebraska lately? In 2023, I was there last year in 2022. Do you know what's in Omaha, Nebraska? Not much. The College World, World Series, that's about it. So my problem, folks, is that we have a World's Fair in Omaha, in Nashville. I thought we were barely developed as a country at that point. Why, why were we in, I mean, Kansas had settlers here in the 1800s and stuff, but again, we were still a, we were still a, you know, a dog and pony show, right? We just, we were running around on horses and stagecoaches. We didn't really have a train and modern technology in the West, but yet we had expositions here. World's expositions where you put this together, these huge, this, this was going on at the same time Dodge City was having, uh, you know, Matt Dillon and Kitty. I'm just being facetious. I know those are fictitious characters, but that, that's going on. That's going on at the same time that we got Dodge City and the Wild West and we're building shit like that, but we don't. We had, are you sure? So this is again, guys, where we have so many questions and not enough answers. And I do appreciate everybody's comments. It's a fantastic to see how much interaction you guys were giving me today. It was fantastic to be a part of that. Um, and then uh, this is what we do. What if Dallas is Jerusalem? Oh, but remember the, the Muslim, or not Muslims, but the um, Mormons believe that somewhere in Missouri was the world's capital. That's where the original Judea was, or the original Jerusalem was somewhere in southwest Missouri or northwest uh, Arkansas. That's where the Mormons were going initially, but then they went out to, uh, out to uh, Salt Lake City and then found or discovered or built their own buildings in Salt Lake City. So, again, these are just you know questions I have to ask, and that would make more sense of how all these... These civilizations were suddenly flooded in, and these bodies were encapsulated in the flood, and and the the food was there, <clears throat> and all these little things, right, that were just happened to be there. This is where we have to think about this differently. We have all these things that were there, but think about what they told us we were going through. But then how did all these Egyptian tombs get all this mud flood in there all of a sudden, and everything was encapsulated, but then we're finding stuff right off the Florida coast. There are ancient civilizations off the Florida coast right now that exist with statues, with columns, Greek columns, the same ones we're talking about. I think it's all very much Tartaria, and I do believe we've been lied to and we've been the useful idiots that has been uh, a part of it. I think because we don't ask better questions, we have been useful idiots. So anyway, guys, just think about those things. And just think about those things in that way that where we have had this and we've been lied to for so long, but if there was some type of a weapon use, if there was some type of a, a, a comet, a water comet, ice comet that hit the earth, uh, this would make a lot of sense. There has been books written between three and 5,000 years ago. I'm wondering if this was not even just a few hundred years ago that we had this cataclysmic flood, and I don't think it may be as far back as we do believe. And how did they get all that stuff moved with wagon wheels and steel-banded wood wheels and teams of horses. Yeah. 
anyway. All right, guys, I went a little over time today. So, guys, thank you so much for being here. And, guys, if any guys, you have any questions or comments, do not hesitate to reach out. Jim Price at thejimpriceshow.com is the email. Jim Price at thejimpriceshow.com is the email or thejimpriceshow.com. Guys, we have to be the difference makers out there. Remember, the Constitution limits the government, but never limits you. Remember the 10% we do for our neighbor, community, city, county, state, the federal government. The more you do for them, the less they have to do for you. Learn how to be selfless and not so damn selfish. There will be a far, far better place. Remember, hold the line. Hold fast. Do not give up. Do not give in. We will win. I promise. And I'll make promise I can't keep. Guys, you've always been the answer and understand that. And by the way, the Smithsonian has tens of thousands of tons of giant bones and mammoth bones and Siberian tiger bones and all that. And they threw most of it in the East River to get rid of it because they had nowhere to store it. Uh, just think of it in that way. All right, guys, thank you so much for everything you guys are doing out there. Lindsay, good to see you. Uh, Carrie, good to see you as well. Denise uh, and others, I can't remember if everybody was here. I had a lot of great comments. It was great to see you guys out there. Thank you guys for everything you guys are doing. Remember, donate to the show as often as possible. And that way we keep the lights on. I will be in uh, Washington this weekend. I fly out Friday morning, so no show on Friday. But I will be here tomorrow as well as we'll be back on Monday. Guys, thank you for everything you guys are doing out there. I'm Jim Price, the Jim Price Show Daily Update. You guys will be good to each other out there. And I'll see you guys on tomorrow. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>